Good morning, everybody. We want to welcome you this morning again to our service, and we thank the Lord that He is here, and He is here to bless all of us. And we want to welcome those who are visitors. Johan, welcome. Here is Sian, and once we hear it, good things in gedachten for here is Sian. And then also we want to welcome. Terrine, hele gesin, whole family want to welcome. We haven't seen you for a while, missed you, and it's really good to see all of you. Lord bless you. Oh, is there anybody else that I need to welcome that I'm missing out on? Anybody? I'm missing out on keys. Is keys here? Oh, yes, there he is. Okay, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> all right. Uh, just a verse for the, if I think of a verse, is the verse that came to me was in Lamentations chapter 2, or rather chapter 3, verse 58. And the verse says, O Lord, you took up my case. You redeemed my life. I don't know what has been happening in your life during this past week, but allow the Lord to take up your case. Take up whatever you are facing right now. He's there to redeem your life. He's a redeeming father. Let him redeem your life and be blessed today as a redeemed citizen of the kingdom of God. May you be blessed today. Now last week we stopped and you thought we stopped up abruptly. But uh, we're going to continue with our just verse 2. Uh, over other verse 7 of chapter 2 in Colossians. There's two more aspects that we've got to deal with. This walk, we first of all dealt with last week, is, you know, uh, deepens your spiritual roots, and then sec secondly, builds a life that lasts. And you heard about a few things there last week. But before we do that, we're going to pray here, but I just want to mention just a few things again. Last week we heard about your roots being not uh, should be deeply rooted and it shouldn't be a routine relationship that you have with the Lord just going through them the motions etc etc and then also we spoke about our lives be, uh, that you know that are being built up in the Lord and we, we refer to a faulty foundation we also refer to, refer to a firm foundation a fragile foundation can you still remember that <laughs> and that uh, and then, of course, and we also spoke about our DNA for a moment, eh? And we spoke about the fact that our DNA gives, uh, you know, uh, interprets so many things about us. Uh, you know, the good and the bad. But then we also refer to the fact that there's a, a gene in the, you know, in this complex structure there's a hidden gene. And can you remember that? That links us to God. Can you remember that? Genesis 1 verse 26. It links us to God. Where, yeah, let us make man in our own image and in our own likeness. But then I say, we also spoke about the fact that man sinned. Man had fallen. And, and we are separated from the Lord because of our sin. But then, what, what happened? Jesus, you know, the Lord immediately devised the plan. God devised the plan. And that plan was in the form of Jesus giving his life, his all for us. 
and when he shed his blood for us, that blood transfusion reactivated his DNA in us and re also reactivated us if we are children of God as sons and daughters. Can you remember that? I'm just uh, um, getting back to that. Now we're going to pray now before we, but I just wanted to remind you and that's where we, we, we stopped last week. We stopped on, uh, you know, with certain things that we mentioned and so forth. But I want to say this to you this morning. It is vital for us to be rooted and grounded in Him. It is vital for us to allow Him, the Lord, to rebuild whatever He needs to rebuild in our lives. Reconstruct whatever He needs to reconstruct in our lives. He wants the best for us. Also, I want to thank, uh, you know, we, we've seen the holiday club here and uh, uh, I want to just thank again, there's some people that we really want to thank. We want to thank all the, the, the leaders, you know, there were many leaders, about 62 of them, leaders that we, and I want to thank the Lord for each one of them, and they really put in such a lot of hard work. We thank the Lord for our holiday club and the ministry that we had to, to the community. And uh, we also want to, in particular, thank Tracy for everything that she has put in. She spent so many hours just, uh, you know, preparing everything the prayer and, and sometimes people don't realize the hard work that go you know behind the scenes that goes on and we want to really say thank you to Tracy you really you thank you for the hard work and everything that you put we really appreciate you and we really appreciate the hard work that you've put in we also want to thank Edgar he's not here he's done the, he was involved in the logistics and uh, and he's also had to, you know had a, an awesome task to fulfill and, and, and uh, because of the great team that he had and the support that he had, things worked out amazingly during Holiday Club. And we thank the Lord for the ministry and the, the unity that was there. And uh, we really just thank the Lord for his faithfulness. And uh, we, uh, we are just indebted to the Lord. Uh, we had about 400 people during Holiday Club. I don't know if you know that. We, it will probably be mentioned again. We also had, you know, quite a number of people surrendering, children surrendering their lives to the Lord and uh, we honor the Lord for that. And uh, there's so much more that we want to talk about but we need to get into the Word of God but before we do so we also need to look to our God again, our great God. And let's turn to Him and let's pray and ask the Lord to be with us and minister to us in a special way. Tell me, is that the, what is that the right time there? 20, huh? So that, that means I only have a few minutes left to preach this morning. Eh? Let's pray together. Father, we want to thank you for your faithfulness. We want to thank you for your greatness. We want to thank you for who you are. We stand amazed at you. Lord, we do not have words at times to just express our gratitude and thanksgiving to you. But this morning, Lord, we want to say thank you to you for your faithfulness. Lord, we think of, and it's the amazing thing, I think of Brother Timothy and Pauline and I, will remember we prayed that morning also, and we said it's the third day, and Lord, <laughs> it's amazing how you come through, Lord. On the, the third day is always an amazing day. The number three is always an amazing number. And Lord, thank you for once again just blessing them, Lord, with light. And thank you, Jesus, that you always step in. In the midst of darkness, 
you are there you see everything you are aware of everything and you pick us up and you bless us and you come through for us Lord Lord many of us have had battles and struggles during this week many of us Lord Jesus had challenges but thank you Lord that you you were there for us you carried us you kept us your hand your powerful hand of blessing was upon our lives Lord and oh we are so thankful to you for that we just want to say Lord have your way with us Lord take your glory today for you deserve the glory we honor you Lord and we thank you Lord for help for your sustaining grace we thank you for those Lord that we've been praying for that you are blessing and you are watching over you are keeping healthy and strong Lord we honor you for that you know their names this morning we commit them to you and we pray that you will be with them and now Lord we pray that you will continue with us and as we hear your word Lord that you will minister to us in a very special way Lord thank you also for protecting Denton it could have been so tragic and so many things could have gone wrong but Lord thank you for protecting Denton and through Alan and the, the family and the, we pray your covering and your protection over each one of us over them Lord whenever they travel and also Lord over each one of us wherever we go that your journey mercies will be evident Father Father thank you again won't you be with us further in Jesus name Amen right now the title of the message I have to give it another title now and you in fact this ad made me even go and do uh, you know prepare even more in terms of our next point because the next point is this walk strengthens your faith the power of perspective Colossians chapter 2 verse 7 we are let's just read that together and then we're going to we're going to do the last part of that it says uh, rooted and built up in him strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness so we're going we're getting into the one strengthened in your faith this walk strengthens your faith every time you struggled another blessing was being made you should say amen to that every time you struggled every time you time you had a battle every time there was something that you were trusting the Lord for another blessing was made without you realizing it see he has blessings waiting on you bigger than anything you have ever seen a future prepared for you greater than anything you have ever walked in but here is the piece of the puzzle as we have been speaking we, that, is, that is our theme here you must participate in it you must walk it out you've got to walk by faith you've got to live by faith you've got to demonstrate it in your own life isn't it true now how do we do this and uh, we uh, we do this by first of all meditating on the Word of God we've got to get our source and our strength and everything from the Lord you see 
When we think of the Word of God, it is the Lord communicating with us. Isn't it true? He's communicating with us. And we've got to know His Word. We've got to study His Word. We've got to, as the Word says, meditate on it. Feast on it. Enjoy it. Grow as we read it. And I'm asking you this morning, right from the outset, how much time do you spend daily with the Lord, monthly with the Lord? The Bible is God talking to us. I want to say this here this morning, biblical illiteracy is the norm in this generation. Biblical illiteracy is the norm among many believers today. I certainly think that every church should have a biblical literacy class, a full-time biblical literacy class where we teach people the Word, let them get them to know the Word because there are too many biblical illiterates today. People don't know the word anymore. They don't study the word anymore. And I want to challenge you this morning, if you are a biblical illiterate, get to know the word. Read the word. Study the word. That's, that's how your faith is strengthened. When you read the word and you get to know the, the word, you get to know the author, the one who, who communicates this word to us. We need to visit with God more often than we do in these days. People have time for everything, but we need to make time to spend with the Lord. You know, when I, it's not only the Word, it's also prayer. We are so formal in our praying these days, isn't it true? <laughs> Very formal. We have a list we want to get through, and that becomes the focus of our prayers. Lord, I'm just, Lord, can you do this? Lord, I want you to do this. Lord, I need you for, for, for this. We have this whole list. Many times we just got to come and focus on him and say, Lord, I worship you for who you are. I thank you for your greatness, your, your majesty, your awesomeness. Lord, I thank you for saving my soul. And, uh, and that's the basics of Christianity, and we need to get back there, spend time with him, and, 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 and really spend time with him. You know, years ago when I, yes, I always used to spend time with the Lord, but it was just about 15 minutes or 10 minutes, and that was enough. And that's a long time. If you do that, it's good. It's quality. But, you know, when I, I often say this, and forgive me for always referring to it, but when I went on wow team, we had to spend an hour, quiet time, Every day, we had to rise at, well, we had to rise at, uh, at five, uh, five, or in fact, six o'clock was, was gym. We had to gym exercise and all of that. And then, of course, immediately from seven to eight was quiet time. Every day. Now, I was a young man then. I was just very young still. <laughs> yeah. And uh, 
for an hour and I said, Lord, how am I going to spend this hour with you? But it's amazing how you adapt to that. I'm not saying you must spend an hour with the Lord, but if you can give the Lord an hour every day, wonderful. But give him time. Spend time with the Lord. Seek his face. Draw near to him. Call upon him. That's how your faith is strengthened. And if you don't, your, your faith is going to crumble. I guarantee you, God has carved out a future for you that is far greater than anything you can imagine. But you have to walk it out. I want to repeat that. And you have to live it out by faith. In Joshua 1 verse 3, we read, I will give you every place where you set your foot to enjoy the promise of the entire inheritance the Israelites had to set, said that it was said before them. They were to walk it out. Isn't that true? They were to walk it out. Faith is not always going to be the most logical thing to do. But faith only works if you walk it out. God does not tell us the end. He does not show us everything in our destiny. He just asks us to walk and live by faith. Hebrews 11.1, 1, what does it say? But our faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. You know, you won't always see the end of it. You don't see the big picture yet. But you've got to walk by faith. What have you put your faith in this morning? We must find a way to live our faith without compromise. You know, the atheist has said, uh, he says, you know, when, when I think of the atheist, the atheist, atheist has faith that his rational reasoning has removed the possibility of a God. He has faith in his intellectual ability. Others have faith in their ability, skills, connections, friends, families, and themselves. I'm asking you this morning, in what is your faith anchored today? In what is your faith anchored? If you had the power to change your circumstances, what would you change today? No matter what your condition, what your setback in life, God still has a great plan for you and you can live above your circumstances. Did you hear that? Not under it, but above it. You can live above your circumstances. Now in John 5 verses 1 to 9 we read about Jesus Eh? Jesus comes to the pool of Bethesda in John 1, John 5 verses 1 to 9. Lying around the pool are the sick, the blind, the lame, and the paralyzed. Eh? <laughs> they were lying there. Every one of them were longing for a change. Everyone. Among this group was a man who was paralyzed. 38 years. Now I want to ask you this morning, what circumstances have paralyzed you for many, many years and you've done nothing about it? For 38 years, 
This man had, be, had been a burden to people. He probably had little sense of self-worth. Jesus asked him, do you want to get well? My goodness, that sounds so absurd, isn't it true? <laughs> do you want to get well? Of course the man wants to get well. <laughs> but actually, it was a very valid question. When Jesus asked him, in fact, Jesus was making a statement when he asked him that question. Do you want to get well? Jesus is saying, he's asking, and the, and the man looked at him. But in fact, what Jesus was saying is, you have friends who bring you here. And you have developed friendships with others who come here regularly. Your food is free. And you are taken care of now. If I heal you, your life will, will have a complete turnaround. That's what Jesus meant. You will be expected to get a job. You will be expected to relate to people on a different level. Isn't it true? Are you ready for that change? That's what Jesus was asking. Are you ready for that change? And I, you know, we don't, we've got to read, as we read scripture, that's what we learn and as we, as we look into it. Are you ready to live above your circumstances, my brother, my sister? Jesus is asking us the same question today. You are praying for a change. This is what he's saying. You are praying for, praying, not playing, praying for a change. But do you really want a change? Do you really want it? That's the question. It's not going to be on your terms. It's going to be on his terms. Do you really want a change? You're asking it for a change. But do you really want a change? Do you really? That's the question. <laughs> Do you really want to change? And this is what Jesus was saying to this man. Be prepared for a change. You asking me for a change? Be prepared for a change. If you want a breakthrough, be ready for a change. Things will change. The breakthrough will come, but things will change. Your life will not be the same again. You will have more responsibilities now. You will have to set a new standard now that you did not before. But also what Jesus was saying to this man is take responsibility. You see the answer here is not escape, complain, blame. That's not the answer here. This man, when we think of this man, he was complaining. There is no one to help me. The Lord didn't even ask him. The Lord asked him, do you want to get well? And he says, there's no one helping me. How do you like that? Huh? There is no one helping me. <laughs> he was blaming others for his condition. It is always easy to blame other people for our problems. Isn't that true? Brothers and sisters, let us learn from this man. When, if you need your faith to be strengthened, you've got to take responsibility. Take responsibility for your actions. You may have had a terrible childhood, no supportive family. You may presently feel like a failure even. 
But if you put your trust in God, he can give you a turnaround in your life, provided you are willing to take responsibility for your condition. Maybe, just maybe, it's time for you to quit blaming others. Quit making excuses. Quit trying to justify why things are the way they are in your life. But you know the other thing that happened here to this man is if I think of it, the Lord was saying when the Lord was talking to him, the Lord said to him, take up your mat and walk. Take it up. <laughs> the Lord was saying to him, stretch beyond your ability. Stretch beyond your ability. It's not, it's, it's not your ability is not enough. Stretch beyond it. This man has never stretched for 38 years. Think about it. He was paralyzed for 38 years. He never stretched for 38 years. But he decided to do what he did not do for almost four decades. Begin to stretch beyond his ability. Can you remember the disciples? We'll get back to that now. The disciples were fishing all night and they, were, they caught nothing. Can you remember that? Now Jesus is prompting them to stretch. That's what Jesus says, stretch my, my, my sons. There were only boys there. My sons, stretch. Stretch. And what happened when they stretched? Can you remember what happened? Hey? Hey? It was beyond them, their experience and their thinking, but they ended up with a great catch. Because Jesus said, stretch beyond your ability. If you stretch beyond your ability, you've got to rely on me. And if you rely on me, I will accomplish what no one else can accomplish in your life. <laughs> stretch beyond your ability. Whatever you are going to stretch beyond your ability, yeah, it was much the same. I think of this man as well. Jesus asked the man to attempt the one thing that he had not done for 38 years. When the man made the, when he did it, he was healed at once. He was healed. Today the Lord is asking us to stretch out in faith, brothers and sisters. It may be healing that you need. Stretch out in faith. It may be a difficult job condition. Stretch out in faith and trust Him. It may be family. It may be unfair treatment. It may be setbacks. It may be attacks. People attacking you, opposing you, whatever. Even family. Stretch out in faith beyond your ability. You see, when you focus on Christ, He lifts the veil and you see circumstances differently. Isn't it true? That's how He strengthens our faith. I see circumstances differently than before. Negative circumstances are seen as an opportunity to grow, to develop, rather than a burden. You know, you don't complain about it anymore, eh? <laughs> The big question is, 
How many lives are you in a unique position to reach because of your circumstances, because of what you are going through? I pray that your faith will be strengthened this morning. But then we've got to go to the last one, overflowing. Flow. This walk overflows with gratitude and I have a few more seconds left, but we'll get there. We'll get through the seconds. Overflows with gratitude. The result of this consistent walk with Christ is an overwhelming sense of gratitude. You become even more grateful than you were at first. The picture here is a river overflowing its banks. There is just too much water to stay in the normal flow. So it floods out over the surrounding area or land. See, our gratitude, our thanksgiving in other words, our gratitude to God for all that he has done for us in Christ should spill out onto those around us. Are they spilling out? Your, grat your gratitude? Is it spilling? Is it flooding out on others around you? Are you able to see the story behind the person? When you look at someone with gratitude, you see the story behind them. You see where the Lord has taken them from and how he has worked, how he has provided for them, how he has stepped in, and you thank the Lord for them. Are you able this morning to see the story behind the person? Or are you still saying, oh my goodness, this person, that person, oh, I don't know. Don't say that as a child of God. Remember that. <laughs> but I think of the Apostle Paul here this morning. What could take away his sense of thankfulness? What could take it away? Nothing. Nothing in heaven or earth could shake Paul's faith and his thankfulness, which he felt to his Lord and toward his Lord and Master. Jesus Christ. But you see what the thing with gratitude, with thanksgiving or thankfulness, gratitude opens our eyes. Our spiritual eyes. Let me rather put it in those words. Our spiritual eyes. The more we thank him, the more we see him working in and around us. Have you seen him working in and around you? Gratitude helps us sense God's presence, His personal care, and His perfect timing. James 1, 16 to 17, we know that verse very well. Eh? Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. Eh? Father of lights and from above. And when I think of gratitude, gratitude helps us see that God's hand is over all our circumstances. God's record of faithfulness is 100%. We see it. We haven't seen it before, but now we look and we see. Lord, you've been faithful. So many, there are so many things I'm not aware of, Lord, but your faithfulness has been 100%. You give thanks for a family who love you 
for the mundane everyday blessings of food and clothing and a place to lay your head. You give thanks for the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, the deliverer, the one who gives us life, the one who transforms our lives, the one who, who makes a difference, who sets us free. We give, you give thanks to, to the Lord for the cross, the empty tomb, for the, the new birth that you, you've experienced, for your new heart, for the fact that though you grieve him many times, he does not withdraw from you, but continues with you every step of the way. Is there for you. We give thanks to him for the ministry. Oh, you are thankful for the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Oh, I thank the Lord for his Holy Spirit. For the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit convicts. The Holy Spirit warns. The Holy Spirit opens my eyes. The Holy Spirit corrects me, instructs me, guides me. The Holy Spirit empowers me when I am at my weakest. It's the Holy Spirit that would minister into those painful and broken areas of my life. Isn't it true? Do you ever thank the Lord for the ministry of the Holy Spirit? For the Word of God, oh, the Word of God is powerful and is active and it is alive. Any person who reads the Word of God, they, they will come under conviction. Why do you think many of these other religions are not prepared to read our, the Word of God? Because if they read the Word of God, it comes, it, it comes alive and their lives are changed. So they're afraid even to read the Word of God. Encourage them to read the Word of God. Word of God is amazing. Oh, when last have you thanked Him for blessing after blessing after blessing after blessing? When last have you thanked Him? Our perspective is more than a point of view, brothers and sisters. It is how we perceive and process the world around us. That's our perspective. We're talking about the power of perspective. It's how we perceive and process the world around us. Are there areas in your life where you, your perspective needs a change? Do you know of a situation where sharing your perspective could help someone else? Your godly perspective could help someone else. We need to shift our focus to align with God's perspective, not our perspective. He sees things from a higher perspective, a higher altitude. Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9, your ways, his ways are higher than our ways, his thoughts as well. If you change the way you look at things, the things you look at, this sounds very philosophical, but it's the truth. If you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. 
begins to change. You don't see it the way you used to see it. Are you with me? The perspective is seeing with the eyes of God. He is continually teaching me. And that's what I can say, to see with new eyes. Not with my old eyes, but with new eyes. Perspective gives us a new view of others. Oh, Lord, help me to see others through your eyes. Not my own eyes, but through your eyes, Lord. A new view of him. I have a new view of him. Paul was not looking for Christ. Can you remember? But Christ was looking for him. And that's what Paul realized on the road to Damascus. He was not looking for Christ, but Christ was looking for him. Only the Lord could save a man like Paul. And he was looking for him. And that is exactly what he did. Oh Lord, help me to see you. See you as you really are. I also have a new view, if I think of perspective, a new view of, of ourselves. And we've got to stop here. We've got to, we've got, as we conclude, I want to challenge you. If you do not know him as Lord and Savior. A new view of ourselves. You are either in Christ or you are not in Christ. And if you are not in Christ, you know you are not in Christ. You also know when you are in Christ. Nobody can tell me that they don't know. You know. I ask you, are you in Christ this morning? And is Christ now living in you? If we opened your heart this morning, can we? Would you allow us to? If we opened your heart this morning, could we find Christ dwelling there? Is he dwelling there? What is in your heart this morning? I ask you again, if we opened your heart today, would we find Christ dwelling there? A smiling Christ, a compassionate Christ. Christ. Christ with grace and mercy and forgiveness. Would we find Christ dwelling in there? They say when an artist begins to paint a face, do you, I don't know if you knew that, I've just discovered this now, it's something new to me. When an artist begins to paint a face, he starts with what? The eyes. He starts with the eyes. When you come to Christ, you have eyes to see what you've never seen before. He gives you that. And you begin to experience what you've never seen before. What you've never thought possible. Yes, when you come to Christ. You come to him this morning. It's the best life possible. Come to Christ this morning. Give your life, your all to him. I can guarantee you, you would not want to trade it for anything else. Jesus Christ is absolutely amazing. There's no one like him. Have you this morning 
been made new from the inside out. I'm asking you this question. Are you the ex-fence sitter? Maybe you're sitting on the fence this morning. But can you say this morning, from this morning onwards, I'm the ex-fence sitter. I'm the ex-manipulator or pretender. Eh? <laughs> I'm the ex. What ex are you today? I pray that you'll be the ex-fence-sitter. And one who has experienced the grace and mercy of the Lord in your life. And um, you know when we thank the Lord we count our blessings and we name them one by one. And we are always surprised what the Lord has done. I love that hymn. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. And it will surprise you what the Lord has done. He's faithful. Won't you surrender all to him today? Father, thank you for your word and we pray that you will now continue with us even further. And bless us, Lord, as we look to you and allow you to complete what you have started in our lives. Thank you, Lord, that you promised that you began a good work in you. will finish it. will complete it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.